0: Listening to the Velocity Podcast with host Craig Caperso and Holden McCray. Our goal is simple: increase the speed at which you succeed. Let's go! All right, welcome back to Velocity. I'm here with Holden McRae, and we're going to talk a little bit about family and fitness. And uh, I'm kind of interested to hear Holden's take on the whole deal because I have a, a solid belief that he's going to have a little bit more congruency with the family, uh, his wife including his fit, their fitness routines together versus my wife and I not including our fitness routines, spoiler alert. So uh, Holden, tell me a little bit about how do you share fitness with your wife right now? And we'll trickle that down into kids and family and explore this whole concept. But tell me a little bit about what that is today. And maybe back in the future, back in, in you know the past, was that always the way it is?
1: Let's talk about today first because I'm getting old and so it's hard to remember what's going on (laughs) a long time ago. Yeah, so currently we try at least once or twice a week to go to gym together. And uh, we live in Colorado. We're up at 9,000 feet above sea level and we have a great gym in town. And what we've been doing consistently for the last say about a year or so, is this class that's called Vitality. So it's really CrossFit for 55-year-olds and older, and it's fantastic. And so we're doing that mainly to maintain our strength and to hopefully progress a little bit in strength as well. So we do that twice a week together. It's an hour long class. And then we have been trying to do Pilates once a week. And I'm the only guy in the class, which surprises me when we do that. Uh, Winter, we ski together probably three or four days a week. And now since it's summertime in the mountains, I bike with her a couple of days a week. Uh, where I'll ride with her, and then on the other days, usually two times a week, I'll go with my buddies who kick my butt. What do you do with your buddies? Uh, mountain biking. Mountain biking. So yeah. that's
0: interesting. You said that because that's one of the things that Wendy and I just, um, you know, picked up is uh, is going to be one of our hobbies. We just ordered some bikes, and COVID nineteen. We're recording this in the in the times of the pandemic, so whenever you're listening to this in the future. Um, you know, the COVID-19 has helped a lot of different markets, you know, they, some markets are getting their butts kicked and some markets, the home fitness market, the, you know, the self fitness propelled market is blowing up and, you know, we're on like a 30 day back order on some bikes that we were ordering some of these giant mountain bikes and, uh, 30 days only. Yeah. I mean some places are sold out it's crazy uh, which is
1: awesome actually i think yeah it's
0: it's great for you know fitness and and like what we are as health practitioners right but you know for us to get our fitness on and then people that want to buy bands and fitness equipment that's just sold out and it's great for the industry but i do think that you know as things come back to some some reason of normalcy um we'll see some of those things in the market so we might if you are have been a holdout you might some get some good deals here in the future but you know, Wendy and I are actually looking to take on mountain biking. as like kind of like our, our family hobby. I used to do it a little bit back in Connecticut. I'm currently in Tennessee, so they do have some mountains here that we we'll can get into. But uh, where do you go, Holden? Do you go up in the woods? I mean, Colorado, you got the woods.
1: Yeah, it's only up from nine thousand feet up. Oh, wow. So yeah, yeah. it's a good amount of climbing. It's uh, you know, high altitude, rocky mountains, rough trails, but lots of smooth sections. So yeah. big climbs, climbs are usually 45 minutes to an hour and a half up, and then you go down and then you go back up again. So I try not to do more than one big ride right. a week just because I have to recover and so what the what the CrossFit type training does is really help me be strong on the bike. So most of my friends up here are riding 6 days a week. They on the bike 6 days a week in the summer. And I stay with them and I said that is not enough. You cannot ride your bike and get strong on your bike only. You have to go and lift weights right. if you want to be a good cyclist. So but I haven't been able to convince them yet, other than the fact that they see me riding away from them uphill. All right. All right. And, and these guys are 10 years plus younger than me. Oh, wow. And so I think eventually we're going to get a change in the way they think about fitness on the bike.
0: Right on. So one of our next episodes, if you're hearing this early, we're going to be doing a big episode on habit change. A behavior change. Um, I'm listening currently to some books, and I got some good ideas. I'll be sharing with the team, and I'll probably do one of those episodes with Wendy here. I think Holden's going to have some time off the next uh, week here, but I'll probably introduce some new people and uh, explore explore this as like almost a series because it's going to take a little bit more. You know, we could we could lead a horse to water, but we can't make it drink. And so there's a lot of things that we could possibly do to get people to make these actual changes. But let's go. Let's stick to the the task at hand here: family and fitness. So. Um how has it always been this way where you guys have spent a couple couple times a week in fitness together? How long has that been going on? Has that been from the beginning of your journey together?
1: Yeah, well, I'd say at least the gym part. So, you know, my background is in exercise and sports science, physical education. 30 plus years in that. My wife's the same. Uh so we've been at least when we were younger, we were runners, we ran together at least three or four times a week. This is now pre-kids. And then there was a readjustment that happened once the kids came along and then got back into it. And um, in the last, since 2009, we've been very consistent about doing CrossFit together. Uh, The demographic in our gym in California before we moved to uh, Colorado was older. I'd say the mean age or median age was probably high 40s. So we were on the upper end of the age group uh, in that gym. So the programming was modified in order to account for those ages. But yes, to answer your question in a roundabout way, we've generally – Um, try to exercise together because it's time together. Now, whether that's walking or hiking or stand-up paddling or riding our bikes together or even going camping and doing things camping together, we value that time together. There's something about doing activities with the people you love and doing it together that seems to improve your spirit your attitude your uh, relationship i mean there are probably multiples that i'm not even mentioning that you could bring into that
0: i would say you're right i mean wendy and i took like a marriage enrichment class over at our church at one point and they went through like uh the love languages and went through um his needs her needs and one of the exercises that we did was break down kind of like these different stages of uh you know what a relationship could mean and activities and uh, adventures and things and that's that's really high up on my priority list but it's not so much on hers and i think i messed it up when we were young and we were in new york city and i was currently a pro where i was going to be a pro or i was in the process of being a pro when she was on the come up as well and i said some very not nice things to her when she was in the gym and it stuck with her and i haven't been able to shake that so as much as i want to do these uh these fitness things with her. Um, I'm a tough cookie sometimes, right? And so I guess the, I'll, I'll finish my story in a minute, but let me ask a, a couple prime prying questions on yours. Are you two comparable for when you're running? Can she keep pace with you? Uh, when you're in fitness, can she keep up with you? Or does one person have to wait for the other one? I run at her speed. And since we're not running that much anymore, I
1: will ride my bike at her speed. Okay. So whatever she's comfortable doing, I will do that because I know there will be times when I'm going to go on my own Mm -hmm. and do it, or I'm going to be riding with people who are going to push me. And, you know, for me, it is doing it with her and with her means we're doing it together. I'm not there to be competitive, to beat her uphill, to hammer the downhills on the bike and, you know, be two minutes or three minutes ahead of her. So, for me, it's time together that's important and not competitive.
0: So what I'm hearing you say, and for the listeners and myself, do it for the activity of, of being with your wife. It's like on a date. you're not running ahead, you're holding hands and you're by each other's side. So if you're going to practice fitness with your wife or your significant other uh, or even even your family or kids for that matter, should not be a competitive thing essentially if you're not playing a competitive game you know and, and you gamifying the event but If you're trying to do it as an activity to spend time together, do it as a collaborative environment. If that means one person has to back down for the other one to gain, should be no shaming as well. Correct. Yeah.
1: And and
0: and there's no coaching,
1: and there's no pointing out the faults in what she's doing. Ideally, that would be the case. Fifteen years ago, I'm telling you now. So (laughs) here you go. So when you get those new bikes, yeah, remember that we're doing this together. Yeah, because you'll be learning as well or trying to remember what you'd learned when you were riding bikes right, in Connecticut.
0: That. Yeah. Very good. Well, that's some good lessons on life right there from Holden. Got some years on us and uh, on me anyway. And uh, I've gone about it all wrong. <laughs> but uh, it's a cool thing to be able to experience fitness with your family, fitness with your wife, fitness with your person, your, your your sidekick in life. This is the person you want to spend time with. You want to go on a date. You want them to look good, feel good, and they want to get the same response from you. and that you know how how better to do it in a physical way where you guys are exercising together, releasing endorphins. That should be a fun activity. And it's so hard because most of us are in our own little world. We're working or we're doing whatever it is. We're uh, watching the kids. um, You know, doing your chores. Life is busy, but doing things together often take a lot of priority in planning and having like a fitness routine together or an activity routine that you guys can get some more benefit of just spending time in the same room watching TV. Uh, and getting these these other instances out of health and fitness is fantastic. What I love about it is it's an opportunity for
1: you to block out time together. And you don't need a lot. You know, it could be 30, 45 minutes if you're lucky, and that'll be plenty. And the best part of it is you leaving your environment that you're spending a lot of time in. Right. So you're not in the house, you're not having to clean. Maybe you should be doing it, but it's probably better to be outside doing these things. And it's a chance for you to have conversation as well. You know, with, If you're out walking or riding bikes or even running and you're doing it at a pace that's conversational, it's a chance to actually talk through things. And uh, I just feel it's a great opportunity to... Go together. Life is a journey together. And this is one way in which you can journey together and dedicate a block of time to each other and be doing something that's going to enhance your health and your
0: partner's health as well. Right A lot of times we've got to date our wives or or significant others or whatever that is. And it's like, you know, a lot of people will plan these like Friday night sessions or Saturday night sessions, date night, right? But there's a lot of opportunities that you could do that intra week or in your your have habitual activities as well and so don't forget because when you're recording your mate at one point you went out of your way for them and that doesn't stop or shouldn't stop anyway so I mean as much as this was a, a family and fitness this is almost like a a dating and like a healthy healthy relationship type of a episode because these things are great you could you can provide that and when you're when you're getting fit together and staying healthy together you're gonna have this longevity versus you know, participating in these bad habits that are not helping the relationship at any point and making, you know, medical problems and different things, and we're just positively, you know, encouraging each other, and you're seeing the benefit from that. So it's, I'm all for that. What are other things that people can do if they're not riding their bikes? What do you think as far as like just activities in general that are healthy, uh, that you know would cause some calories burned in a positive way? That are activities that you just mentioned.
1: Well, I I just think going out and walking, uh, there are lots of benefits from that. Um, If nothing else, just as I said earlier, getting out of your typical environment, being in the house, being stuck in the house. Now, I recognize that there are parts of the country at certain times of the year where that's not a pleasant experience, right? Right. So, you have to choose the time of day that you're going to plan on doing it. So, I'm going to Texas, to Houston next week to look after, take my dad to the doctor, see my siblings, and so on. Houston in July, mid-July, is not a pleasant place to be, at least for hard exercise. So I'm going to be up early in the morning and doing something at that time, probably riding a bike just to get some cooling on my body. I would hate to run, and walking would probably be fine too because I'm not going to generate a lot of metabolic heat, but I want to do it early in the day. Uh, before it gets too hot, so I feel like I feel that walking is a great activity uh, to do. But you know, it could be something like going and swimming if you have access to um, a swimming pool, or if you have access to a lake, or if you have access to a river where you could even just go floating a tube. Um, those would be some things at least that I could think of off the yeah. top of
0: my head. And I'll just throw some in there as well. I mean, look, you can have a catch, you can have a football catch, kick a, kick a soccer ball, a baseball catch, a frisbee, um, you know, rollerblading is something that we, Wendy and I actually like to do together in the city, you know, go ahead and like you said, do swimming and take laps and tag each other and do things that are active where you're actually participating in the event together. where you are not just spending time and space together. Cause that's a big difference. You know, you could be spending time watching a movie and you're just sitting there watching the movie as much as you might be holding hands. Is that really, you know, an activity participation game? Um, you know, you could do things like bowling, um, you know, join a softball league or these other rec leagues, soft uh, volleyball. There's a lot of other benefits uh, that you can go ahead and, and even yard work and things of that nature, you know. And these are things that we can get into with the kids as well. But just don't think that there's one way to skin the cat, you know, it's, it's about spending that time and energy. With your family member that you're going to participate with and do it in a physically physical way, right? Yep. And you have young you have a young kiddo,
1: so how do you fit this in in your life?
0: Well, then that's why we're having a conversation about it. <laughs> 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 uh, frankly, we're we're the position where Wendy kind of does her thing at the gym, and I do my thing at the gym, and I've been looking for us to kind of like bring that together. And with Rockbox, we own the gym. Um, where Wendy works out a lot and we both coach from time to time. I'm kind of taking a backseat to that. And Wendy's kind of like one of our head coaches and she'll do her training sessions then come home where I'll either be watching Fabiana, my daughter, or uh, we'll put her in the childcare. And so there's kind of like this separation of our, phys- our fitness. And so the biking idea was kind of how we can get back on track together. You know, we've done rollerblading. I've done rollerblading in this neighborhood here, Wendy as well we try to take Fabiana on some walks. We'll do some dog walking or Fabiana's got this like little push, um, kind of, it's kind of like a skateboard with a stick where you like you know, hang on kind of deal, Uh razor, I think they call it kind of thing. So I'll take her with us and we try to spend time as much as we can with Fabiana to get her included in fitness. And so Wendy and I are, are trying to work on our fitness together because going to the gym, we're very much at different levels. And so as much as I'm listening to what Holden's saying is, look, you got to spend time with each other, but with the, with our schedules, you know, we, we try to cram everything into the same routine. So having a little, having a lot less time on my hands, we try to make that a, the best experience. So I don't spend four hours in the gym, one an hour with Wendy, where I'm kind of just going through the motions with her and then one to get a real session, et cetera. But um, one thing that we do with Fabiana and we can carry this into like, how we help our family members or our kids get into fitness is talk about some of the positive things of like eating food, like even, even the benefits of saying, okay, when you're having protein, Hey, that's protein, call it out. And when you're, when like, if she's having eggs or having steak or or beef, we always say, Hey, you're having protein. So she knows what a protein is having chicken. Hey, you're having protein. Like we'll call that. So it's going to be an ingrained habitual thing later on. Where she knows she wants to have protein with a meal because it's so essential to you know muscle building your know, hair your bones your skin uh you know your muscle you know, the whole nine so more people aren't aware of the the habits that you know we create but i think it's a good time for her to learn those things like literally this morning it's like you know she'll she'll ask for like her her treats and i'm like no you didn't have protein we can't we gotta have the protein so we'll say it and even is carrying on to another whim, but like Wendy working, she gets upset when Wendy's working. And I literally, when we sat here, I'll probably do an episode on, with Fabiana and I dialoguing on the, on the mics here, but she was talking yesterday and she was mad that mom wasn't here. And I was like, look, you got, she's got to go make the money. And I was like, let me break this down for you. And I hate to hijack this episode, but it's it's on my top of my head. I said, okay, you want candy? You like candy? You like these things, right? I was like, they cost money. And so how do you know? And so you'll go through this whole thing and it's it's a cool exercise. But when I'm outside now, I have a home gym. She wants to come out and like be around me and do these things. And she like writes on the board. But I started having her participate now and holding her attention's hard. But little by little, I'm going to gain more and more. And she's going to spend sessions with me. And she gets... Fatigued a little bit faster than I would like her right now, so I'm, we're going to work on some things. Aerobic fitness for her is going to. You need; know, she's got a little bit of belly. Wendy thinks she's healthy and fine. I think she's got a belly, but uh, that's that's me. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, getting her to start participating and, and watching her form, man, it's you have the ability to craft this human being through life, and it's like if you're not teaching them, you're just allowing others to teach. How did how did you how did you teach your girls?
1: Yeah, we played. We just played a lot with them. Uh, We started taking my eldest camping when she was five months old. We did this big uh, three-week trip up through Idaho into Montana, over to Washington State, down through Oregon, back to California. This is when we were living out there. And um, I played with them. Uh, Now, I grew up, I didn't play baseball or softball or any of those sports. So My kids did not learn how to – they knew how to swing a cricket bat because I did have a cricket bat, so I taught them cricket, but that's of no use in the U.S. at all. But it develops hand-eye coordination. And we started playing tennis with them when they were really young. Um, My wife's a good tennis player. I played a little bit growing up, so we would take them to the court, supremely frustrating, to say the least one of the most frustrating things but persistence over the years and they both became pretty good tennis players and now it's something we can do as a family together they love playing tennis you know they both married their spouses have learned to play tennis as well so when we get together now we get to play together they both uh, because we were always active we always ran or we played soccer with them when it was soccer season uh, things like that they rode bikes from a young age I think bike riding is something every single kid should learn how to do even kids who live in the city they're great programs for kids to learn how to ride bikes even if they don't own their own bike Um, but it's now something we do together so when they come see us in Colorado now, they all go out mountain biking with us. We were out for two and a half hours yesterday with my eldest who lives in Texas with her husband, and they out for a week visiting, and we had this awesome bike ride. They suffered, but they really good technical riders, and so they can manage it. So I think investing that time when the kids are little and exposing them to activity, whatever that activity or movement is. Um, if you keep doing it, if you keep modeling it, they're going to want to do it. So they both look after themselves. My eldest goes to spinning two or three times a week. She runs. Um, my youngest does the same, and that's what I want. I want them to have a lifelong love
0: of moving of exercising without me having to tell awesome. them to do it yeah, you just mentioned something like i didn't even think of the d- dynamic of it but like when you're visiting family members and you always hear the horror stories like oh my in-laws are coming and they're gonna like you know pounce on me and like that, that like you know they're in my space but like if you can share fitness with your family it probably makes it a lot easier you know you watch these movies and they have like the games and they do their like the football and you know, if you can actually go experience an activity with somebody, do bike riding or walking or yoga or the gym, that probably brings this family dynamic even tighter. Versus everybody just being stuck in the smaller space than everyone's used to, and it's not their thing. So, you know, family can help in so many different ways, and not to mention relieving endorsements, letting off stress, etc. So there's there's so much to go on. Now, just just beware of the monster you
1: might create, because our kids want to do two a days. You know, they want to go hike for two or three hours in the morning and play tennis in the afternoon. Or play tennis in the morning and then go bike for an hour and a half or two hours in the afternoon. Or, you know, just do all these activities, two a days, and we are too old for that. Come on, we
0: got to stay young. We we can only manage one a day now. All right, all right. (laughs) Well, it's a good way to keep yourself, you know, spiritually healthy is, you know, because you're, you're, you're out there with everybody, you know, fitness is going to be something that's going to stay with you, you know, in this time of COVID, you know, having a a fitness mind is going to help you eat better. It's going to help you be more active and something I wish more doctors and more, um, these people should just be pushing because, you know, we talk about how many deaths are happening from these diseases out here, heart disease and diabetes and these other things. I mean, those are killers. Everyone's like black lives matters, all lives matter, blue lives matters. Well, there's another killer out there that no one's talking about and it's health. And it's something that, you know, we're allowing to happen so fast, you know, and from this, you know, continuous bad dieting. So that's what this podcast is here to help you guys do, just take these small tidbits of information and hopefully make some changes in your life that are going to help you hopefully live a stronger, healthier and and all the above. Yeah, and one of the things we don't
1: talk about often enough, too, I think, is this idea that your immune system is what helps you manage these viruses and bacteria that you get exposed to. That's your defense mechanism. And Sitting inside your apartment or your house or your room all day and never going outside is one of the worst things you can do for your immune system independent of eating really well and moving enough to keep your cardiorespiratory system your muscular system your endocrine system up op- operating at an optimal level uh, we we I think both of us agree that getting out of that environment out of your room out of your house out of your apartment being outside is essential for at least keeping your Absolutely. immune system
0: healthy and a whole bunch of other benefits as well. I tell you right now, well. if I'm sick and I pity myself by staying at home and just curling up in a ball in front of TV, I'm sick much longer than I probably would had I, you know, shrugged it off and went outside and said, "I'm just going to bear it because I have to." Your body, like, just knows. It's like, all right, this dude's not going to like lay low for me. I got better. Get a bit with get a with the program. Your body adjusts. You know, you're cold. You get goosebumps. Your body knows how to adjust. Like, it's an, it's an amazing machine. You got to treat it better. But uh, I want to shift gears on this episode to talk about maybe people that might need some encouragement. How do we go about encouraging folks that uh, need some fitness in their lives? So a family member, a wife, a spouse, uh, a kid, who uh, you you could see having tendencies that are you know harmful, probably behavior, especially if done over the course of time, created some problems. Or you might just want to nip it in the butt early because you see some habits happening. So what's your best efforts on how to help somebody Introduce fitness to a family member and knowing that it's also hard for that family member possibly to trust you as the advisor despite your 30 plus years of a fitness acumen and myself um, about outside change. I have a whole kind of list of things written down, but start with the topic of helping someone who probably needs some encouragement in fitness. Well,
1: yeah, I think it's a, such a broad area that we're talking about now. I
0: think the main thing is to… I'll start with a start, start, Start close to home. Start with a, a partner.
1: Well, yeah, I, I think it would come down to, are they actually asking you about this? You know, that's kind of the first step if they're not even thinking about it or questioning whether they should be doing it, it's very hard to move them to that point of, well, let's go try one thing together, right? So I think it's creating an environment of making them inquisitive or question whether they need to do it. I think that's the first step. And then it would be taking baby steps. Um, It's not, it's going to be, uh, what what do you actually like doing? Were, was there anything you enjoyed doing when you were younger? I think that would maybe be the first step is, well, what did you do when you were a kid? What did, uh, what did you enjoy doing with other kids? Uh, was there anything you enjoyed doing with your parents that you did together? Now, hopefully out of those questions, you'll get at least one answer that it's going to give you an idea of, well, Yeah, maybe um, I did actually enjoy um, going down to the river and skipping stones across the river. And we had to walk 10 minutes to get there. And so, well, that, that was walking. You walk every single day of your life. Well, let's just start out by after dinner this evening. Let's take a walk around the block. And have a chat about what happened during our day. So that may be one way to start. What do you think? You know, do you have ideas on that?
0: Uh, I mean, this was uh, definitely going to be a, a, that series episode where we're talking about habit, behavior change, and things of that nature. But you know, just kind of uh, if, if we're going to separate the two people, one that's aware um, that they have a problem and are asking and seeking, versus the other person who is maybe oblivious and maybe doing bad habits, drinking, smoking, uh, eating poorly, you know, how to influence that behavior. And I certainly think it would go about asking questions of kind of like, you know, maybe ask them on a scale of one to 10, um, you know, are they happy? And then get kind of get into like where they're at right now. Be like, you know, I'm seeing some things from you. And maybe you could draw it as as a form of, of concern. And, you know, you don't, you don't, let them know where you're going yet. And, but kind of, I'm, I'm reading this book right now, it's called Motivational Interviewing. And, um, you know, these these steps and things. And one of the cool things they, they mentioned or, or one of the, the advocates for it was saying like, someone who wants to like make a change. Okay, on a scale of one to 10, how likely do you think you can complete these tasks? Um, you know, and this is probably a couple of steps forward for someone who is, you know, you're trying to intervene but the cool part was they said okay someone's like okay probably three right someone who's like very not confident you know has no really want to do any of these things i'm a three okay well instead of saying well how can i get that three to a four you say great well you're not a one that's great what makes you what actually puts you is not a one right now you know why are you a, a one why are you a three and not a one so they have to defend their three and provide some positivity to it which is a crazy psyche switch right so instead of saying okay we're only a 3 not a 4 how can we get you to a 4 that's a negative reinforcement something i'm not used to so this is great stuff for me because i'm a i'm more of like the football guy right like tell me where i did wrong we talked about in these previous episode so taking a complete mind shift for me to focus focusing on the 3 and not the 1 so have someone kind of like validate why there are a 3 and that's better than a 1 and let them tell you and then build off of that and so you mentioned one thing where you asked them to say okay well, what did you like doing? Um, what do you like doing now? What do you find happy? Where do you drive your happiness today? Um, so, start asking those questions. If it's food, if it's music, if it's uh, playing with their kids, find out what those what that those triggers are, and then we got to start working triggers and finding you know habitual changes that we can do within those things. So, I definitely think you got to find that happy sweet spot, and then find like you said activities that can go in that same realm because. When you're doing deep health and deep change for folks, you can't tell them as the authority. You know, as much as we have both vast knowledge and fitness, we can't come through with that because they don't care. Um, and it's not going to work out.
1: Yeah. And I think
0: you raised a really good point
1: is this idea. You know, I'm going to use a, a uh, scientific term for it, which is self-efficacy, which is the confidence you have that you can actually do something. And so you have to identify, you know, I can tell someone they need to um, go ride a bicycle, but if they've never ridden a bicycle in their lives, right, or failed at it earlier, they're not going to be able to do it and they don't believe they can do it. You know, it'd be the same for you if you're training someone in the weight room and you ask them to say, do a clean and jerk. Well, if they've never done a clean and jerk, they're going to look at you and say, no, I can't do that, right? Um, so, you actually have to take the small steps to get them to the point where they experience success. And then, by experiencing success, they say, oh, I can actually do this. Then you can start progressing them along. You know, And it's interesting, um, I, I did quite a bit of uh, counseling well, I wouldn't call it counselling, but scientific advising for people who had come into my lab for testing on body composition, for example, and they were interested in weight loss, of course, like most people are. And I had—I remember this one woman. Uh, I tested her and uh, found out what her body composition was. Uh, wrote out some targeted. Um, achievements that she might work towards for the next six months in terms of it's easy to weigh yourself. I don't like the scale. I think I've said that before. Um, but a way for her to monitor whether her body composition was actually changing. And I asked her, I said, so um, what, what? how are you eating right now? And she said, oh, I'm I'm on the spinach diet. And I said, oh, that's interesting. I haven't heard of that one. So What does that look like? She said, well, I have spinach for breakfast, spinach for lunch, and spinach for dinner. And I said, really? You're probably losing weight on that, right? And she said, absolutely. It's working really well. And I said, well, six months from now, are you still going to be eating spinach for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? And what about a year from now or five years from now? What you're doing is not sustainable. It's a short-term thing that you're going to be able to do for a short period of time. It's unsustainable. At some point, you will go back to eating the way you did, which got you into that place where you had a problem that you identified. So Let's talk about something that's sustainable. What can you do that you can be successful at that will allow you to achieve the goals you have but will do it in a way that is not only going to be beneficial for your health, but it is also something you're going to be able to keep doing for the rest of your life. And I think exercise kind of fits into that same yeah, precision space.
0: Precision nutrition. I just uh, wrapped up that course uh, a couple months ago, but they they break it down. It's like level one, level two, level three clients. And level one would be just about being able to understand, um, you know, maybe some kind of a prescription that you'd be giving them and uh, see if that they could make constant, um, see if they could just follow and and be able to hit target, hit target, hit target. And then level two, level three would be progressive, you know, giving them real strict um, guidelines. Level three would be like the extreme, like actually a spinach diet would be extreme, like a bodybuilder where you'd be in these short-term phases and, but you know that they could come through and be able to go in and go out and they have understanding. But like you said, it's just being able to actually make these small changes often and be able to be consistent. I think that's the that's the, the best. So she's consistent having spinach, but knowing the you know the harmful effects of you know something like that, where you're not getting all the other nutrients, the micronutrients, the things that you'd be lacking. Somebody who takes a very low approach to you know a caloric diet, right? You know a deficit diet, where you're going to need to supplement at some point all these other nutrients that are, you're lacking, because otherwise you're going to have these bone mineral densities and these things that are gonna be lacking and you're gonna be having problems. So yeah, it's it's very important for you guys listening to not get stuck into so many of these bad diets because it's only going to be a short-term fix and it's gonna be something that might give you some short-term success, but you're just setting yourself up for a windfall of a disaster later on and a bigger rebound than you got yourself into. Hormones get changed, the effect of like a month diet where you change your hormones could last two to three times. I mean, I've done I've done that myself where I've done these really hard diets and you know, at the end of it I binge eat. And then the effect of that binge eating for those two days over a weekend would be detrimental. You know, you gain 20 pounds after a show and in, in a short weekend, and then you're fighting the effects of of what's going on. And so yeah, there's a lot to, to that. But how do you help how do you help a kid? How do you help somebody who's like you, you know, a kid, a friend's kid, or someone, someone like that, that young, impressionable mind, but they don't know, you know. What do you do? Yeah, so uh, I have a mother-in-law,
1: and one of her caregivers in Arkansas has a, a young son. I think he is seventeen years old now. I first met him when he was probably fourteen. Uh, has high blood pressure. Is probably about five foot eleven. 340, 350 pounds. He's a big boy, Um, probably pre-diabetic as well, given the way he eats. Um, And so already several years ago, uh, he was out visiting us at our house here one summer and just for a few days. And I talked to him about, I asked him questions You know, what do you like doing? Well, he's a football player. He loves football and he loves training for football. And I said, fantastic. And you want to keep playing, right? You want to be healthy enough to play. Tell me about your diet because I still feel diet's the essential, it's foundational. And he's drinking Gatorade and probably half a case of soda every single day, eating, you know, when I was that age and doing tour days and training for rugby and so on, I would not eat the volume of food he eats in one meal. I wouldn't eat it for over three meals, for example. And so it was really just about talking to him and mentioning the things that I believed were harmful to his health and that would not allow him to do what he loved, which was play football. And he had it. He had to be taken out of practice um, because his blood pressure was too high. Um, His doctor would not allow him to play because his blood pressure is too high. And to be hypertensive at 15, I mean, that's just insane. That's something that happens to older people unless you have a genetic defect. So for me, it was about educating. And then there was this great video – that was called Death and Diabetes in the City of Angels. And it's well worth anyone listening to this. I recommend that you watch it. It's short. It's about 20 minutes long. Death and Diabetes in the City of Angels. But it's about about eating poorly and how it impacts your health and how exercise together with appropriate nutrition can be a vehicle out of that devastating disease, which is type 2 diabetes. So to answer your question, let me just go back to it again, is to me it was talking to kids about what the consequences of their current behaviors might be in the long term. But it it doesn't really have the impact until you can talk about the things they love doing now. Because to talk about something that might happen 5, 10, 15, 20 years hence, they're not going to pay attention to that. You know, That's like telling your daughter, well, if you don't come play with dad today, then 10 years from now, you're not going to want to play. She's not, that, is, that has no meaning. Right. You've got to address, well, what do you love doing right now? And what would you like to do tomorrow or maybe next week? Do you see? Do, how do you see yourself doing that? And so what you're doing today is impacting your ability to do what you love to do tomorrow, next week, and maybe even next month. But I don't think going out
0: 5, 10, 15 years is sure. impactful, and I think, at least not yeah, for most people. You're right. And it also, I think, as I'm reading and understanding is that when you come across as the authority figure, especially when people receiving information, it's usually the wrong, t- the wrong approach, right? Is the parental figure. Um, they're all, you're always telling your kid not to do this. Don't do that. So they, there's like a screen that goes up or even your wife, for example, like if you're coming across as that know-it-all spouse, um, you know, you, I would, I would assume you got to have those prying opening questions. Like you're saying, like, what do you like doing? How do you like doing it? How do you like succeeding and asking like the open-ended questions, getting a conversation and, and not, you know, not actually giving advice until it's warranted. And something I'm learning more to myself is like asking if it's okay if I give you the advice, like, you know, I hear what you're saying, understanding and doing like the summarizing approach. And I'm, I'm taking it straight out of the book for the motivational interviewing. They call it the oars, you know, open-ended questions, uh, uh, affirmations, um, uh, what do they call it? The, the R is the reaff- reaffirming, um, and things of like that nature as a summary. So it's essentially, Kind of taking the approach to say okay I hear what you're saying is that you like playing and you know maybe maybe then you talk about how do you how do you feel when you're playing um how does that how do you feel do you feel like you're getting winded and like start opening those questions in that door and then they'll start talking and then potentially even say would you like it if you were able to do it this way or that way like my daughter's swimming right now and sometimes she wins and sometimes she loses and you know, we're trying to repeat the process of keeping her hips and and moving her legs straight and cross what the coach is reaffirming. But, you know, I think there's also some core stability. So I want to work on that. Like I said, she got this little pooch. So it's like, I don't want to give her a complex. I don't want to be her coach yet, but I want it to be her idea and let her understand and approach it that way. And if, if I could say, okay, if I can help you get faster, would you be willing to listen or things of that nature? So, Coming across like it's their idea as opposed to coming across as like you're the authority. I think also matters a lot when you're giving prescription to people.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a great point. You know, my kids, even though my wife and I are both trained in the exercise and sports sciences, they were not interested in the science behind why we were telling them what they should be doing. It's interesting now, though, that now they come to us asking questions, right? Especially if they're injured. Well, what do we need to do now to so that we're not hurt, so that we can get back to doing what we love doing? But back in the day when they were training, they were both competitive soccer and tennis players. When they were asking us things on, you, they weren't asking us, but when we were making comments on nutrition, hydration, you know, training regimen, stretching, flexibility work, um, things like that, they. It was yeah, a closed it's easy door. To
0: bark orders out,
1: you know, when when you're seeing it and give cues. Yeah, but. yeah. It wasn't even barking orders. It was just offering, yeah, you know, I would think considerate advice to them about it. But we, I think, coming from a parent, it's a, it's a lot harder. If it was someone else, they would listen. And so it's finding that other knowledgeable person who is not mom or dad who can speak into their lives, that you're probably going to get a more powerful effect. Now, so far, at least with our kids, later on, now they come to us seeking advice. Mom and
0: dad have finally become wise and (laughs) all-knowing. they got to learn for themselves that, man, he knew a lot. He still knows a lot. i got to go back to him. I literally wrote that down as the one thing where it says, okay, Working with somebody who's close that actually sees you as that figure always that you know their habits you know when they want to be slacking off you know you know all about them so it's hard for them to see you than anything other than nagging on them or giving them um, you know your typical discipline in the relationship so I said seek outside counsel as that one outside liar the outlier of getting someone to not so much respect somebody more because I think they respect you but it's that maybe they um they just see this other person as someone they don't also want to let down because they might be let that you might be letting them or they might be letting you down on their daily chores so it's just another thing it falls in line with those same i didn't make my bed i didn't do these other small steps and it's like okay you know it's easy to just chalk those things up but when there's a coach like for for example my daughter's in swim that coach can can be much more strict with her right now than my than than i can and get more of the, a positive response out of her, um, and, I, and we could say the same thing, but it's just somebody else just changing yeah. the narrative a little bit, um, you know, just giving their advice, and it's like, oh, it clicks for them now, you know? Yeah, And you
1: should be there just to play with her and to tell her how well oh, she's doing and what she's doing. Yeah, instead of trying to coach her.
0: Let the coach I have a hard do time doing that, but
1: they're, 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 they're. <laughs> But, but think, back, think back to when you were younger.
0: When you were her age, who was telling you how you should be well, doing things? Certainly, it was my coach, right? It, it definitely was my coach, but it was only because, and if if my father had, or my mother rather, uh, either had the the knowledge and acumen of the sports that I played, I might have listened. Like I, I did notice when there was kids that had the coach, you know, that played sports earlier on, they were usually advanced kids, right? You know, the 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 coach's sons. Or daughters usually are pretty pretty good, and it's because that parent takes an interest, and so that kid's either conditioned or that coach is really just peppering them all the time. And whether that's good or not for their psychology is another debate here, right? But usually they're getting that coaching. So either way, I think I think we beat this one up pretty good as far as you know how we can go about some some changes in the family, and also you know dating your wife and spending time with your kids and making it healthy and fit ways that we can go about this but often and do them and and get changes out of it so